Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. We're still on top, we're still unbeaten, and Liverpool are still snapping at our heels. To discuss that and much more tonight, I have three guests, one of whom is sporting his topped-up orange tan, fresh from Abu Dhabi, and then spending an afternoon in the Tunnel Club on Saturday afternoon. David Blakeney, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, Abu Dhabi, the Tunnel Club, the life you lead. It's not bad, is it? Good. So, uh, see any of your old mates in Abu Dhabi? Any any sh- any old shakes or anything like that while you're out there? Well, I was time? looking for Shake Monster, but apparently he was a bit busy in a board meeting. So you didn't see him. So I didn't see him. No. But you're a, you're a regular over there. No, you? Ninth year. And what? And is, they is do it... all the city board go out there. They have a board meeting on the Monday, and of course our chairman is also the chairman of the Grand Prix out there. Oh, so that's what you went for. So just to be clear, just so we're. We're clear on this. Well, you've got to support the chairman, don't you, Caldoun? Absolutely. Chairman of the Grand Prix, chairman of the city, so I was there to support them. And then the Tunnel Club again. Tunnel Club again, yeah. It was great. The it is life. fantastic. It is superb, I must say. Good. Well, it's nice, nice you could give up your time to spend it with us plebs, well, I have to say. It's good, <laughs> good, good to see you. Um, my second guest, a highly respected journalist who manages to comment on every city home game in a national newspaper and keeps it to about 20 words. Uh, a view from a blue, Stephen Allwise. Welcome back. Thank you. Good evening. Uh, twenty words, I think it is, something like that. Do you just send them twenty words? Is that how it works? No, I, I have to send a little bit more than that, and then they they take the best um, or the least bad of what I send them and, and put that in the paper. Can we? Are we allowed to mention the national newspaper? Or? It's your choice, Nigel. Okay. Well, Daily Mail readers might well understand what you're talking about then. But uh, welcome to a view from a blue and someone who has never written for a national newspaper, never been to the Tunnel Club, but he's a lifelong blue and always welcome, Nick Goldstone. Good evening. Uh, listen, the Man City Show is back for the season by Ladbrooks. Go to bet.citypodcast.net for all the latest odds and offers. Um, can we start with a 3-1 win over Bournemouth on Saturday? Not our most convincing. Uh, we lacked our usual intensity, but we uh, we got the job done, didn't we, I think, David? We did, yeah. It was a fairly slow first half. Setting off, we got going a bit. It's funny, when, whenever we seem to rest a number of players or have a number of players, we always seem to be a little bit lethargic compared with when we got... Our first, you know, our first choice. But we always expect with the quality of players that we would be like always going to be the same. Whoever's playing, because it was, it was five five changes. Which five, yeah, was quite, you quite, can see quite those a changes, lot. Made, yeah. made, a, made a bit of a difference. It does make a difference. It was a pretty flat afternoon, really. 
Um, the atmosphere was very, very flat right from the very start. Um, it was Bournemouth, so it wasn't the sort of top-end fixture. It was a bit of a Category C, I would say, Category C fixture. Um, and, yeah, it didn't really get going in any meaningful way for uh, a considerable amount of time. Were you surprised with five changes? I mean, we've got a load of games coming up in December, which we'll come on to, Stephen. But uh, he's got to shuffle the pack, hasn't he? He's got to give people chances and, and rest people. We've got a few injuries as well, of course. So uh, were you surprised when you saw the, the five changes, as many as that? Yeah, I think you're always surprised when he changes half the team. You maybe expected two or three. Um, that said, each individual change you could understand. Um, Walker's played pretty much every game this season. Danilo is good going forward, needed some some match time. You had Gundogan and Bernardo coming back in, who who are first-teamers, really. Aguero, if he's injured, you know, Jesus has to come in. So I think you can understand the changes that he made, but I agree that we just lacked kind of something. We lacked that fluency. It just felt kind of slow and flat. And all I think we, we were boosted, um, if that's the right word, by Bournemouth equalising, because it, it just kicked us into life again. And it, it kind of sparked... I think, said that in the, I think it's. I read that in the Daily Mail today. Yes. Actually, I think. I think uh, a view from a blue sort of made that very point in in the na- national newspaper. From a blue. It's impressive stuff. But it, so it, why does it take that though? I mean, we, I thought I thought Pep sort of prides himself on this sort of this great squad. We've got internationals right across the board. It doesn't matter who you change. This is a fantastic team. Why? Why do you think David made the point himself that if we make some changes, we don't quite have the intensity and the fluidity that we would normally have? That's football. They're not robots. Um, and we expect them to be brilliant every game because they are 95% of the time. Um, but, you know, Bournemouth defended in numbers. It's always going to be tough to break that down if you don't get the early goal. You know, we, I'm sure we were a little tired, or some of them were after the previous game. They know they've got another game in midweek and then Chelsea the week after. So it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, we were fortunate I guess that they scored just before half time. Pep could give them a rocket, and and really the second half was fairly comfortable once we turned it on. Nick, well, we've got nine games to play in December, so changes are inevitable and they're required. Um, there was there's always a slight sense of uh, trepidation when you see Gundogan and Jesus on the team sheet together because those two are not necessarily our most exciting players. Um, and they, uh, without being too disparaging, they they rarely um, excite enormously. In one um, of the papers I read, Gundogan was my, our man of the match. Yeah, and he didn't do anything wrong, and he popped up in the right place and scored a goal. So, you know... Um, you can't, as I said, you can't, you can't really complain. Um, this cut time of the season is a, just a bit of a long... March, isn't it? Um, you're all. Everyone's not quite at, at Christmas time and the the festivities. You've got game after game after game. A, a, a fair number of our games in the next few weeks are not, again, not the highest profile uh, opposition. Um, and it's a, it's just one of those games where you just got to get the points and go home and and wait for the next one and we did a lot of people mentioned also how flat I don't know what a tunnel club I'm sure was full of sort of stars and uh, no, legends it wasn't, no, and it wasn't. must have been some legends in there who were the legends you saw then um, I, don't, I don't think there was City in there but I saw Tony Book and Colin Bell very good uh, but they were just visiting 
Um, <laughs> just pass, Mendy, passing through. You no, know, they got taken down there to meet people, but right. they sit in the chairman's lounge. Yeah. Uh, and Mendy was down there, and that was it, actually. The rest are just normal customers, you know, normal fans. But but it felt out there, I don't know what time you managed to get out of your posh seat and get maybe sort of ten past three and then maybe half an hour into no, the second no, half. No, no, we were out earlier. But it was a bit flat again. It and, was and flat. You know, I think all these games are quite flat. Those type of games are flat. It's not a coincidence if we play United or Chelsea or Spurs, we do raise our game because I just think they want to get through those games and I don't think they want to make as much effort as they want to conserve, I think. They must have to conserve. They've got that many games. Why, why break yourself just for a Bournemouth game? When you, if you get through the game, that's fine. I think that's what they want to do. I mean, we actually did well to get the, the reasonably early goal because Bournemouth were very defensive and it was a line of five. And I counted of, six at once. Yeah, it's a change of strategy yeah. by him. Yeah, he, he went yeah. damage limitation. I'm yeah. fairly high up in the Colin Bell stand and you got a really good view. And it literally, we counted six, at, at quite, yeah. quite a lot in the early stages. That's yeah. six, a flat pat six. Yeah, but then we really stood off them so much after we'd got the goal. Um, it was a little bit of the sort of fairly, you know, lots of possession, but fairly aimless possession. And when we did give the ball away, there was no tracking back. There was no chasing after the guy in possession. There was no really tight marking. So we gave them a lot of space and it it became, it really did become a situation where they were they were going to score. It was pretty much inevitable. But that's that's probably where we've been so good this season is starting games well. Scoring two or three within the first half hour, you think to West Ham not long ago, yeah. Burnley, Fulham, and we just kill the game and coast through the second half to conserve energy, as as you were saying. But when you don't start that well, or when we don't push on to get the second, I think we just switched off at the end of the first half. They took their goal well. Um, it happens. Very often, I'll start with some of the negatives. I'm going to start with positives this week, if I can, Stephen and uh, Raheem Sterling, who is just playing the best football of his career and, and some people are talking already about him as being potential player of the season uh, he's already the leading goal scorer I think leading assists as well in the Premier League I mean he doesn't get much better than that and, and one of the runs he had uh, where he took it from outside the box and took it past about three or four players Six just a, was a deflection yeah, onto he, the post he, he, was, he was the one in the second half to get us going um, he was he, he kind of assumed that extra responsibility. Normally we'd look, if he's on the pitch, to De Bruyne or David Silva just to, to get us playing. And they weren't there. And, and Sterling, I thought he was quite mature second half. He, he knew he had the beating, I think, Charlie Daniels on the left. And he just took him on every single time. And he went on the outside, he came inside, that run dribbled past several players. He was the one to, to really stamp his foot down and say, I'm going to take us over the line here. Player of the season, David. Early doors, I Sterling, know. yeah, and if you consider how well he played for England as well, he was unbelievable that game. He's just, he's just got it. I mean, it's almost like it's clicked. And suddenly, I mean, none of us would have said even a year ago that he's such an amazing player. Now, his potentials, he's there. He's, he's, I thought he was brilliant, but I love Sané as well, and the, the two of them. We'll, we'll come on to him in yeah, a second, yeah. but before we do that, your thoughts on Sterling, Nick? You've yeah. been a bit critical of him in the past, I think. Uh, yeah, at times, when it, when it's deserved. No, he's, he's playing fantastically well. It's a shame that uh, Wonder Goal didn't manage to squeeze in. He didn't quite catch it with his left foot, as he might have with his right, but, I mean, he's already scored some fantastic goals this season. He put some lovely balls into the box as well, and unfortunately there was nobody there uh, on the end of them, 
Um, but uh, no, he had a great second half. But again, he was he was as quiet as everyone else in the, for most of the first half, I would say. And, and Sal needs to be mentioned, and, and we talked to someone mentioned about tracking back. There was oh. that one situation where oh. he must have run sixty yards yeah. to, to get back, and and crowds love that, don't they? they? You love to see your attacking players coming back and Absolutely. covering that sort of ground and, and have that pace and just have the strength to get the ball back. That was just fantastic play. And I think Pep mentioned it afterwards in the press conference as well. It's just showing that he's, he's a, another transformed character. He's looking, looking hot at the moment. His hair looks as good as it's ever looked. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he seems to be pretty much back on form. That was, gr- that was a great little passage of play. Um, they'd obviously had a bit of a, of a rocket up the arse during half-time and um, it made a big difference, didn't it? What's your view of Sane, David? Huh. He's just unbelievable, in my opinion. He's so graceful. He's an athlete. You know, when you think racehorses, he's got that just grace about him. And you watch, to see, when you watch him live, you see a lot more of him you will see on TV. And just watching him run, he just... He's a beautiful runner. He just looks beautiful in everything he does. He, I just a bit of a, twink, a bit of a twinkle in your eye here, David. There's a bit, a bit of a man love going on here with you in Sane. Because you know, it's not often you we're going to have a player who is that good and that graceful. And now he's and the way he did track back. I mean, he does that though sometimes when he really is on the game. His tracking back is brilliant. Rightly or wrongly, a year or a little bit more ago, my view was that he would end up being a better player than Sterling. Um, and I still think that in many ways he is more talented. And he certainly, I mean, just the way that he runs and the look of him as a player, he's a more stylish looking player than Sterling. I'm not just talking about the hair, but the running style, the way that he just, he's almost uh, like a. Uh, a, a dancer or a racehorse, yeah. yeah. He's he the way family. that he moves, the way that he moves is yeah. dancer, racehorse, beautiful hair. You, you had Ster- <laughs> in in your brilliant, brilliant long article in the Daily Mail, all, all you, twenty words, all twenty <laughs> words. You you actually picked out Sterling as your man of the match. So Son Son had a poor game as far as you're concerned. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I was going to say something against the Daily Mail. Oof, careful, Stephen. Um, Stephen, I think Sane was good. Had one of his better games. He's. I agree with everything that, that the guys have said. There is so much potential that he has. I think, and this is something that I think I'm sure Pep wants even more from him because when he produces performances like that, when he knows he's got the beating of a fullback, when he knows he can almost just knock it 10 yards past him and, and he'll catch it, I find it frustrating that so often he just stops the ball and passes back and cuts inside and and you just want him to go past his fullback every single time because he's got the pace, he's got the skill. He can get to the byline. His final ball is quite good for a winger. Um, I think there's a lot more to come from him because he's quite inconsistent at times. But when he turns it on, as he did at the weekend, I thought him and Sterling were both exceptional. But but if you think about it, we've got two 23-year-olds who must be worth £90 each on the market, who are as good as each other now. And, you know, they're that young. That's the main thing. It's brilliant. And I think they're different players as yeah. well. We think Very of them as yeah. almost both wide men yeah. with lots of pace. Sane, it's not a criticism, is almost more one-dimensional. More predictable, yeah. Yeah, sticks out wide, yeah. which is his strength. Totally. Sterling can go on the outside, but he's a lot more comfortable drifting into more central areas, taking people on, almost committing defenders. So when you've got 
Aguero up front maybe as opposed to Jesus and you might occasionally have Walker on the outside bombing on or Bernardo playing his passes there's so many points of threat for an opposition to contain us it's it's almost impossible can I just say one about Sterling because of the way he runs no one knows where he's going what he's going to do I don't think he does does. all the time (laughs) he's got such a strange run and walk that in a way that makes him so unpredictable and I that's why I think once he's got his confidence, that's why he's so good. I think Sane's a beneficiary of, of Mendy being injured. Because yeah. um, Mendy just wants to go forward on the outside and Sane isn't great at, at drifting in field. But when you've got Zinchenko or Delph behind him, I think it just frees him up to do what he wants. It's a question I was going, it's funny, it was a question I was going to ask you, that it's, it's not... It's not a, um, a surprise, I don't think, that, that he's come into form at a time when Mendy's not playing, because they do often, you see them occupying that same space, and there's almost a frustration when they're playing in the same side. So, uh, um, something I just wanted to talk about as well was was the, uh, talk about the positives still, substitutions. You know, last week when we had Foden come on against West Ham, I, I don't know how many minutes he played, but I just thought he was absolutely... None. Sorry, but you're quite right. I'm sorry, sorry, the last league game, forgive me. So so he came on for about 15, 20 minutes. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. He just looks like he's been there all day. And again, this week, when Silver came on, I mean, you know, we've said everything we can say about Silver. He came on and he just, there was a beautiful weighted pass for one of the goals. Yeah. And it just he just took control, didn't he? And, and you can just see the quality there. He just oozes quality. And I just thought it was just, it was a fantastic substitute performance for, for again, whatever it was, 15, 20 minutes when he came on as well. I mean, I think we probably said everything we can about Silver, but uh, he was amazing, wasn't he, when he came on? Oh, and made, and made a difference. He was, he was excellent. Uh, you know, I think you do obviously benefit coming on the last quarter now when everyone else is knackered. Um, but that's when you make a difference. And, um, you know, just the simplicity of the pass... Uh, for the third goal was uh, delightful. Beautiful I think play. Delph is amazing. He is so good at that left back. And what did even when he came on was I just think he is perfect in that position. And I think him and Sane together are perfect mm. together. And this is the worry now. If Mendy gets back in the team, yeah, yeah we're losing out on Delph, and it, it's a bit of an issue now. I felt Sinchenko had a poor poor game, yeah. actually. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Is he, he doesn't play many games. He came in, I didn't think he looked great. And actually, he went off. It wasn't until I saw on social media his nose could have pushed to the other side of his face. I thought I didn't even. I thought he'd had a poor, poor game and he was no, being substituted yeah. for that reason. No, he's he's had a hell of a knock on his nose. Really I quite like Zinchenko. I, I like him. The, I like the boy, don't get me wrong. You know, he's He's got to adapt more than other. He's an attacking left winger. Sure. Yeah been as Delph was but from a central midfield have been converted into this kind of solid left back drifting in field Zinchenko's made the first goal with his pass to to Sane he's got great ability on the ball he's not a defender he gets caught out fairly often at the back but Delph's not a defender and and I just think you compare the two and I don't think there's any comparison between the two but 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 Zinchenko is still a young lad and he's he's actually made huge progress in the last year or so from being a league cup player to on you know a, one of one of the main um, s- squad players, but as good as he is on the ball, he is he's not brilliant defensively, and I think he's being stretched now a little bit in in terms of what he's being asked to do. Um, he didn't have a great game midweek um, in Europe, where again he was asked to do. 
a lot, including this moving into midfield when we know when we've got the ball thing, uh, and it didn't really suit him well, and he got a little bit um, stretched in that game. Uh, and no, he, he didn't have a brilliant game um, at the weekend either. He's not as good a defender as Delft, but Delft's got several years' experience on him. Stephen, yeah, I think that's very fair. I think Pep probably made the wrong call in Europe against Leon Delft with that experience. Leon are a very good team. Um, I'd, I'd have gone for Delft. But I think what, to bring back to your question on Silva, Pep did the same with Gundogan in the derby. At, I think we were 2-1 up and just wanted that extra control, someone to play those passes, mm. keep the ball, don't get <clears> nervous. Silva, I mean, that's his game. He's, as, as you said, we talked about him to death. But he came on, you know, 2-1 up with 15 minutes to go. All it takes is the odd counter-attack and we're under pressure. And he just calms everything down. You give him the ball. He doesn't lose it. The pass to set Sane up for the third goal. And that kills the game. Um, you're not going to bring him on many times because he starts more often than not. But what a player to have as, as reassurance. Absolutely. Can I talk about um, a negative then in, in a bit more detail? And, and a lot of people have been talking about uh, Jesus uh, and his performance, not just against Bournemouth, but if you think about him and Sane, you know, they, they both about the same sort of age, uh, came into the squad about the same time, both were not necessarily first choice players. And you kind of think about the way we're describing Sane, and then you think about the way we're describing Jesus, or we're about to describe Jesus, who doesn't appear to be quite at the Aguero level. Now, accepted, we're talking about probably one of the greatest strikers that the Premier League has ever seen. But if, is he good enough to be our number two to Aguero question marks being asked about Jesus what's your view David I think it's very difficult to tell at the moment because obviously two years ago he was going to be number one and Aguero was going to be number two there's something missing and it it could just be confidence because he's played for Brazil and scored like 12 goals in 18 matches so he's got to have something about him. But he was poor in the World Cup. Didn't have a great And World I Cup. think there's a bit of a hangover from a poor end of season, a poor World Cup. He must have had a lot of the Brazilians on him and the fans on to his back. And I wonder if he's just lost that sort of confidence. And let's face it, Sterling's have been in that position as well. And if anyone's going to get him back to it, he needs some game time and he's pepped to obviously give him that confidence. I think once he gets going again... He'll be there, but I don't think he's a world beater. Uh, I think that Jesus is going to have a phenomenally successful career. Um, But the jury's still out as to whether it's going to be at our club or not. He uh, is still very young and he's got a lot of learning to do. Um, And he's in a team with a manager who doesn't necessarily think he needs a number nine striker playing in every game and doesn't look at the number nine as being the main goal scorer of the team. And actually, our centre-forwards probably have less touches than any other player on it, on the pitch, other than Edison most of the time. Um, so he's not got the... He's not necessarily in the best place for a young striker to be. Um, I was never totally convinced that he was going to displace Aguero 
last year or the year before, and I never thought that was the right thing to do. Um, and for one reason or another, including injuries, it didn't happen. Um, but he's now lost a little bit of his spirit. Um, he uh, has scored far less goals in the last 12 months than he did the year before. He didn't have a great World Cup in terms of impact because, frankly, he didn't make a, really make much of an impact in the World Cup for Brazil. He didn't s- score any goals. Um, but he's a phenomenally talented player. Um, is somehow not always in the right place at the right time for City at the moment. Has been for a while. Um, but, you know, he will come good. The question is whether we've got the time to wait for that to happen because we've only got one striker at the moment, Aguero. And, uh, Steve, and we need a second. Stephen, is he good enough to be Aguero's replacement? Replacement's a different question to number two. Um, I think he's good enough to be our number two. I agree that he's he's not in form at the moment. Um, but Aguero changed his game quite radically to suit Pep's style because, mm. as Nick said, Pep doesn't view that number nine or hasn't viewed the number nine as the striker who scores goals. But that's Aguero's game, or that has been. He is the man who guarantees 25, 30 goals a season, but he's changed his style to work hard and press. Mm which is what Jesus is about. When he's not scoring, you can still see that Pep likes the fact he harries defenders and he chases and he's that almost the first defender in the team. His challenge is when the ball gets played up to him to be part of the attack. I don't think his first touch is quite there at the moment. Whether that's a confidence issue or it's just something he needs to develop, I'm not sure. But as David said, he's, he's Brazil's striker. He's been our striker before. He, he scores goals. I think he's he's fine, but he's finding it challenging to play 10 minutes every game and start one game a month. It's difficult. Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. He's, he's I mean, scored 21 league goals in two years, I think. Yeah, so I mean, what, he one hasn't of the things the about it, he, he does have a cool head in front of the goal, and that Southampton goal at the end of last Brilliant. season Brilliant. was so cool and so important. So he's got, he has got it, and... Every time I watched that South, Southampton game, it was unbelievable to see that goal because it made such a difference to us. So I think, for me, the, the one thing he doesn't have, which I think the Southampton goal was great, it's probably the only time, he doesn't have the ability to produce something from nothing. Aguero can be quiet for 89 minutes, but give him the ball, he'll slalom past two men and knock it in the corner. I don't, I don't think we've seen a huge amount of that from Jesus that... If he starts slowly, he can then turn it on. I think he, he just struggles. But he, I mean, he has got that in his game. You're right, we're not seeing it, but he does have it. 18 months ago, you would regularly actually see him with his head, actually getting his head to the ball when, when a cross came in the box. Mm. Um, and if we'd had that from him at the weekend, we would have got a couple more goals. But he, you know, he just wasn't there. He was somewhere else, which he was probably, that's where he was told to be. But he wasn't there. But there was there was a moment fairly deep into the game before he went off where he was actually somewhere towards the right back position, right on the touchline. It was actually right below where I where I sit. Picked up the ball in a very tight space. Uh, sorry, right on the uh, uh, the side of the pitch. He turned two Bournemouth players inside out with one beautiful turn. Took the ball away and then kicked it off. But, but that little bit of skill was absolutely magical, and he can do it. He's definitely got it. As I said, he's a, I think he's a wonderful player. Um, it's just a case of whether we have got the time to wait for him to make it happen with City. Actually, I'll just sum him up. He scored. A is, hold on, has he got good hair and a racehorse? No, 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 no. Runs like a race. No, my race. summing up is he scored a hat trick 
and it was regarded as a lucky hat trick, not a good hat trick. That's where he is at the moment. Whatever he does is just getting there, not with any brilliance. So there is space in our squad uh, for another really top class striker. It's not like we need to find someone who's really good, but is going to be prepared to be sat on the bench for most of the season. Who do you go for then? Of Vardy. <laughs> I don't think it was me that mentioned Vardy. <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to sign anyone. I'm, no. Well, well that's, that's the question. There is, that's that's, that's, that's where I'm, I'm saying, coming from. There is definitely space for a second top-class striker who would get quite a lot of game time. You know, Aguero is a very high-impact uh, role playing up front. You're taking a ball with your back to goal. You're getting whacked all the time. You've got to do some big sprints a lot of time every game. You know, there is there's a lot of games to play and there's a lot of room for another striker in our squad, um, and you know it, he's not doing it at the moment. Stephen, you, you reckon we're not we should, we're not in the market for another striker? Well, Pep said we're not, and he said it a couple of times quite forcefully. I don't think we will sign another striker. Aguero's having a brilliant season. Jesus will come good. He's got the ability. Sterling can play there. Okay. So we've seen Peppers, Bernardo, whatever. David, quick word on Bournemouth. You've got to yeah. give them some credit, I think, as well, haven't you? Yeah. They, they... He made it very clear he didn't want to get trounced again. Yeah. He set the team up. They just lost three on the bounce. Didn't want to lose the fourth. I think he went to just get the players to believe they're better than they, are, than they might have felt they were. And they didn't want to walk off... 4 nil down. And so. before we move on to other games, just finally, before we take a break, your, your thoughts on Liverpool? Because people are saying they're not out of third gear, but they're only two points behind us. You've got to give them some credit as well. They're, getting, they're just getting that bit of luck, aren't they? Yeah. Quite a few of their games. Yesterday was unbelievable. Just luck. That's what you need. You'd, you'd like to think they can't carry on playing this poorly yeah. and still keep on our tails. But they are. They're not yeah. playing well. The front three, which is their sort of dream attack, it's aren't big, firing. And we're still only two points ahead. It's, it's a big, big game. Was well, it at, December the 3rd, is at, it? At the moment. January, 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 January the 3rd. At, at yeah. the moment, it's still looking like that's going to be a big game. So that's good. We're looking forward to it. And we're looking forward to some Watney's Pale Ale, which has been rolled out again in front of us. So we'll, uh, we're going to have some of this. Excuse me a second. We'll take a quick break. We'll be straight back after this. The Man City Show is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. What is Pale Ale, the Man City Show, Beer of the Month. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Let's talk very briefly about Leon. Uh, one of the team uh, were there, not David Blaney. He was in Abu Dhabi or the Tunnel Club. Not Nick Goldstone. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, but Stephen Allwise... You were in Leon. I saw your pictures on social media. Um, a 2-2 draw, uh, not necessarily the best city performance, but again got the result we needed to get. Yeah, I think we got a bit lucky, to be honest. I think Leon were excellent. Um, played a style that we haven't really faced in the Premier League. Were, were good at the back. Um, pressed us in midfield, counter-attacked at pace. Um, I thought they were very impressive. We had an off day, I, I th- you know, we've done very well to get the, the two goals and, and fight back to get the draw and progress, but um, it's not a performance we'll look back and, and think, wow, that was, that was a wonderful City European performance. And it seems a while ago now anyway. Should we, should we look forward to Watford then? I'm, I'm very fortunate. You don't want to say anything about Leon, do you? You weren't even there. Nothing good about it, no. 
Right. The so ground, by the way, the ground is in the middle of nowhere. It's an absolute nightmare to get to. Obviously, you're kept in for 45 minutes after the final whistle, um, treated like thugs by the, the French police who've all got their riot gear on just in case anything happens when nothing will happen. And then you get a police escort back into the city centre after the match. It, it's, sort of, it's a very European experience, the way that yeah. they treat you. I thought it was great. I thought we did just what we needed to do. I thought we were great. Yeah, we're a bit lucky at the beginning, but how often are we not lucky? So, you know, we deserve it. So, uh, I suspect Watford isn't... The right police aren't going to be out in Watford, hopefully, tomorrow night. Um, I've been fortunate. I was just thinking back. I've been to the last three Watford away games and going again uh, this week. Uh, and just remind ourselves, 2-1. If you remember, we were 1-0 down that Yaya yeah. yeah, yeah, Torre winner, yeah. which was something yeah. very special. And then we've had Aguero, five... Aguero winner. Aguero, Aguero sorry, Yaya yeah, 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 equaliser. Yeah. Sorry, quite, That was great. Yeah. It's a long time. It was, it was, it was <laughs> a while ago. It's a while ago now. Uh, and then, of course, 5, <laughs> five nil and 6 nil. So I think it's a 13-1 aggregate in the last three results. So uh, it's uh, a happy hunting ground for the Blues. Um, uh, looking forward to it? Yeah, well, Watford won four in, uh, their, in a row at the beginning of the season, didn't they? And, um, and they've been absolute <sighs> toilets since then, I think, pretty much. They're only two they gave, points behind Stratford. They gave United a, a run for their money, but that's not saying much. I mean, you know, you, these days you get the sack if you don't beat United. So <laughs> they, did beat, they did beat Spurs. Yeah, yeah, long time. Yeah, look, I think they've had a woeful run. They are there for the taking. Uh, we've got to get our act together away from home tomorrow night and uh, take the points back to Manchester with us. I, I think if we don't start well... We might struggle a little bit tomorrow. What makes you say that? They've got no strikers. They've scored yeah, no but, goals all season. But they don't know who their best striker not, is. You know, Tuesday night up against us, they did very well. If you watch the Spurs game, they did very well against them. I think they've got a good game in them. And we need to score in that first half. Because if we don't, I think they'll make it quite difficult. It's not going to be a role. I don't think it's a. And what sort of teams fight. are going to play, though, Stephen? I mean, the, you know, we've had the fight. We talked about the five changes. I know. Who, who knows? It's a, Is he going to go back to the sort of side we saw against West Ham? No, or? I reckon Jesus will play again. Keep Aguero back for Chelsea. Um, you'd probably expect David Silva to come back in. Um, I'd like to see one of the fullbacks come back in. I'm just nervous of the. Uh, yeah, I, I think Walker and Delph will both I'd like come to in. See I that presume Stones will. Yeah. I, I couldn't understand he was rested. No. He didn't play against West Ham, came back in for Leon and then rested again. That's slightly unusual. It will be a strong team. Look, the front six will be very strong, as they always are. I think Watford are quite poor. I know they won the games at the start of the season, um, but they've been on a poor run, as Nick said. Capu was suspended or got sent off at the weekend, so it's suspended. I, th- I think they're quite average. I'm sure we'll score a few. So is it going to be 2-1? Is it going to be 5-0, 6-0 or something else? 3-0. David? 2-1. Well, 3-1. <laughs> Your view, Nigel? I, I went 4-1, actually, if that's all right. Just making a note of that. Actually, it wouldn't surprise me if it was 1-0 because I think Watford will be very defensive. I think they'll, uh, they'll want to just try and nick a point. Can we look forward then to Chelsea, finally, then, which is sort of 5.30 kick-off on Saturday afternoon, um, down at the bridge... Uh, so that's kind of a big test, really, because they're there in the mix, aren't they? Third place, they're there on 31 points, and uh, 
their new manager, everybody says I look like, or he looks like me. I'm not sure which one that is. That's, that's quite, yeah. Yeah, would you go with that? Shout. He must be a good looking fellow, whoever he is. Mm. Uh, so He looks a bit younger than you, actually. He probably is as well, <laughs> I would have thought. That's probably why. Uh, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. <laughs> David Blakeney. Yes. Chelsea. Uh, well, I think they've not been on top four in the last few games. And I'd rather be playing them now than maybe near the beginning of the season, a bit like when we played Arsenal at the right time. They're not lost at home yet this year? No, no, they haven't lost at home. But a couple of draws, they've dropped a few. I think, I mean, last year we were superb against them. That was just an unbelievable... Great goal by De Bruyne, who's not playing. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be a tough game. Would you be happy with the point? No. No. But I think it's going to be hard. I think they're... I'd be happy with a point. Would you? They're a good. I think they've got team. wonderful players. Hazard is one of the top th- three players in the league. Uh, they're not as good a team as we are, but they've got a new manager. That's slightly understandable. Um, I'd take a point from Stamford Bridge, definitely. And you would as well, Stephen. I'd rather not, but you I'd never take it. I don't but... know. It's it's one that. I think you probably would. They'll they'll probably finish third this season. So to draw away at, at Liverpool and Chelsea and kind of come back to Manchester and, and not having suffered like that would be good. Look, we we can turn it on. As David said, last year was sensational. We they they're they play a more open style than maybe Conte's Chelsea. So that should play into our hands. But I, I think they've got a very dangerous attack, very good, skillful midfield. Um, but may leave space for us to get at them as well. It'd be interesting to see how we play, given what we saw at Anfield, where we you know, probably played our most pragmatic game mm. for several years um, and really dampened it down and were reasonably happy to be taking a point away from that game. Obviously, we could have won it, but it didn't turn out like that. So, so full-backs full not bombing on and that sort of thing and playing far more well, offensively. It will be just interesting to see how they approach... Well, that's that what he game, did last season. Walker, I don't think, crossed the halfway line just to watch out for Hazard on, on Chelsea's left to stop that threat. Yeah. It, it's, prag- it's sensible from Pep. I think if De Bruyne was playing, I think we'd have the edge. We definitely will miss him in these games, no doubt. But we miss him anyway. Interesting, I, I think, what he does with Mares because he's played Mares every single big game this season. Um, and whether that was because... Mendy was left back and therefore Sterling was on the left wing and, and Sane can't play on the right. I don't know, but Mara seems to be his go-to big game player. Um, but Sterling and Sane, as we discussed earlier, are banging form most likely to, to cause problems. And yeah, we haven't got KDB, but Bernardo Silva is, a, is playing significantly better and he's making much, much more of an impact than he was last year. So that kind of balances that out. Not quite the same player, not, not not quite the same style, um, but uh, you know, if we are absolutely on top of our game, there's no doubt we can beat them. There's so let's have a no prediction then from you then, Nick. I'm going to go one-one, David. One-one. Finally, Stephen. Two-one uh, City. Three-one City. Not having a point there. We've got to win that game. Keep the pressure on the mighty Liverpool. Huge thanks to my three guests to Nick Goldstone, to David Blakeney and to Stephen Allwise. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon.
This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.